It is good to see you. God bless all of you. We're going through the book of Job, and that's a hard slog at the best of times. It makes it harder when you feel like you're actually going through the book of Job uh, in, in your entire life. So this will be one of the few times that I can actually say to you, what we're doing in the book of Job today has an application. Uh, Job is not one of those that has a moral at the end of every exchange. But there is there's something here we can take with us today, and especially during this time. Uh, when my father was dying of Alzheimer's, we had some very difficult days. We're not special. Many of you have gone through the same road, or you will walk this road, uh, either as a person with the disease or as a person who cares for them. I had one advantage that not everybody has, and that is I know about the brain. I know how it works. I know how it breaks down. I know the disease, and I know its progress and what to expect next. And so when I got some calls, I didn't panic. I was sad, to be honest, but I didn't panic because I knew what I needed to do. The nurses would say, he's, he's out of control, um, and he's, he's hurting people, and he's yelling, and we can't get him to calm down. And I'd hop in a car and take that two-hour and 15-minute drive down there. If you've never driven to Sheffield, you don't. Um, it's, it's not. Sheffield's fine people, lo lovely folk. It is, uh, there are literally 14 changes of speed limit between here and there. They're just having a ball on that road. But you, get, you finally get there. And I knew something that could help. When somebody is in pain and somebody has Alzheimer's, you do not call them to enter your world. I see that all the time when I see families. They'll say, da, da, no, it's here. You know, this is going on now. You're, that's all. No, you don't. You go into their world. And somebody'd call and they'd say, he thinks he's back in Korea. And uh, we're the enemy. So I'd have to go. And I'd walk in the door. And I would start talking to him like a commanding officer. I don't yell. This is me yelling. But, uh, you know, very firmly going through unit movements, deployment. We got this covered. You're being rotated out. Sometimes then he would calm down, then start to agitate, saying, but what about Duncan? Duncan's unit, my son. And I would say, no, he's fine. His unit's taken care of, but are we going to win? They took, yes, yes, we're winning. Everything's winning. Yeah, I have to go right through that. If you looked at him and said, well, it's not in Korea. It's been, you know, I don't know how many years. That didn't work. Somebody would leave on the news channel, and then they'd shove everybody out in the wheelchairs out there with the news channel. And one time they called me, and they said, he thinks he's killed a bunch of policemen. That was a shooting in Dallas. I had to make the drive down. They kept saying, no, that wasn't you. That doesn't work. You have to walk in and say, we found out who did it, and it wasn't you. You know, we were working here, and we, you enter their world. That's the very important thing I want you to get right now, because that's not something we do just with Alzheimer's patients. That's something we need to do with everybody. I was giving a presentation in Ohio, not at the university this time, when a, a young man in his 20s came up to me, he was very upset with me. He's an atheist, and he thought I was making fun of atheism, an atheist. Well, I don't think I was, honestly. I, I don't. But I didn't look at him and go, well, then, you know, buck up, buttercup. You know, you're, you're going to have to get better, stronger than that if you say there is no God. You know, no, 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 no. Looking in his eyes, I saw the fear, the panic, the anger, and I realized being an atheist is who he is. This is his identity. He's in a semi-rural area of Ohio. He's a unicorn. 
And he's been proud of this. And I'm dismantling it. And he's lost. So I didn't even talk about God or not God. I sat down and talked to him. I said, tell me your story. Walk me through what you did. And, I, and he thought it was a challenge. I said, no, 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 no. You and I are friends regardless of what happens. I just want to hear how you got there. I'm not going to question a bit. And I didn't. And it diffused the situation. Or, I mean, some of these are, 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 are simple things. You know, I married a woman who's artistic and precise. I am not. There are ways the bed is to be made. Every time I say, can I help you? It's, no, I got this. I know what she means. It'll take twice as long if you do it, and I'll have to come back in and redo it when you're not watching. That's what I know. So I, I step aside and say, thank you, ma'am. And I know there's a, pr I'm, I'm not making this up. We had different pillow arrangements per season on the bed. It's like a seasonal Jenga thing. She has actually suggested a good idea. She said, just take a picture of it. Then you'll know how to put it back. Okay. I don't look at her and say, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. Why are you doing? No, no. This is her world. Doesn't cost me anything to enter into that world. Well, price of pillows, but you know what I mean. Um, how about you see somebody and they're wearing a mask? Or you're, you're not wearing your mask at the time. We have been taught by our media to look at each other as enemies if the other ones have made a different decision. Why don't we just enter their world instead? Why don't we see life through their eyes? There was a, an elder at a church I was trying to, to help, and he was furious with the congregation because he'd been trying to do this garden for the poor and for two years, and nobody at the church would help him. He was demanding other people want to take care of the poor the way he wanted to take care of the poor. And I said, what are they doing for the poor? And we walked that way. He was, he was very mad at people because they didn't catch the dream he had. You can't do that. You have to walk and find what God's doing and just get behind that, catch God's dream. Here's where we get even more personal in this time. What about looking through the eyes of a person of color? I, I don't like any of the descriptions we have for each other, frankly. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't have any solution for this. So I'm, I'm complaining without offering a solution, which is a really bad idea. But I, I don't like calling people African-American, white, Caucasian, black, Asian, Southeast Asian. But those names are out there. Uh, person of color has become this kind of a melting pot term. We're all human beings. We're all of one race. We're all loved and created by God. But we can't leave it there. Because the fact is, we do see through our eyes, our history, our experiences, our national origin, our economics. I'm not asking you to enter the world of a rioter. I'm not asking you to do that. But I'm... I'm asking us to think about our friends and our neighbors, the random people we meet. Are you willing to enter their world and treat them as a human? I know it seems a stupid question, frankly. It does, because we're Christians. We're thinking, oh, no, we love everybody. Well, I think Bildad and Eliphaz and Zophar thought they loved everybody, too. In fact, they kept telling Job they loved him, but can you see the love in their words? 
can you imagine being the recipient of those words? And then being told, well, we're done, Eskos, we love you. Um, I've had that kind of speech before, have you? Did you feel loved? Did you go, oh, let's cuddle? No, I don't think so. There are a lot of us, when I say us, white people, who will just, just get over it. We didn't have slaves, what's the issue? But you need to look through their eyes. People of color, like Senator Tim Scott, happened to be a Republican, I could have picked another, but I heard an interview from him last week. He's an African-American senator, conservative, always well-dressed, always well-presented, seemed to be a nice guy, whatever your politics, seems to be a nice guy. But during the interview, he said he's been pulled over 18 times since moving to Washington for lane violation, didn't put on the blinker at the right time, all the other. And he talks to his white senator friends, nope, this is a reality whether you want it to be or not. There's an amazing book called The Color of Law that if, especially if you want to push back on me right now, I would say, read this one first. We have some other ones. Do you know that in the United States of America, it was illegal by law to let black people get mortgages in many of your neighborhoods? All the way through the 70s. And with the FHA, when we came to America in the mid-80s, we didn't have any money for a house. We were told, oh, the FHA, you don't have much of a down payment at all. We got a house. We did not know that until the mid-80s, that was not available to African-Americans by law. We lived in Detroit for 10 years. There were whole neighborhoods by law. You could not give a, a black person a mortgage to move in that neighborhood if 51% of the people in the neighborhood were white. Do white people know about these things? No. I don't think most people do. But there you'll see the laws, when they were passed, who passed them. By the way, this is a Republican and Democrat both did this. Huge collusion this way. Or what about the new Jim Crow? Um, that's about how and why so many people of color get arrested for doing things you and I would not do, would be arrested for. It, it is horrific. I work with police, I love police, I, I would challenge anybody who thinks I don't support the police, but there are two issues. One, very poor training for most of them, and two, stupid laws. There's a man that was killed in Baltimore that started all those riots. He was arrested for selling loose cigarettes. The government wasn't getting their taxes on the cigarettes, so he was arrested, held down, suffocated. This is ridiculous. See through their eyes, and it's not about slavery. It's about their reality. The heroes who came back from World War II, Tuskegee Airmen and such, who were called boy, and denied their pensions, denied VA loans, denied college. This is real. And they, all these hurts pile up. All this is to say that you might agree with a person or you might disagree with a person, but one of our primary jobs as a human being is to try to see through their eyes and to try to understand their experience, even if you don't think it justifies their current behavior. At least hear, at least share the stories. As the Bachmans brought up to us, 
God came down and entered our story. I've always thought that was an amazing contrast, by the way. In the Old Testament, God comes to the top of the mountain, calls Moses up, tells him stuff, and sends him down. Many years later, God doesn't stay at the top of the mountain. Jesus comes down. He enters our story, takes the most common name available at the time. Jesus, Jacob, Joseph, all of those are pretty much the same name. He took the same common name, lived among common people, ate common food. He walked with us. He heard our story. Job chapter 12, verses 2 to 3, answering to Zophar. He said, doubtless, you're the only people who matter. Wisdom will die with you. There's a lot of sarcasm in Job, by the way. A lot. But I have a mind as well as you. I am not inferior to you. Who does not know all of these things? You've probably seen versions of that on Twitter this week. When I read this, I heard the cry of John Merrick. His real name was Joseph Merrick, but everybody's gotten that wrong. So the elephant man, if you've never seen that movie, you really need to. Here is a man born in the right family to the right people. In England, that's all that matters, especially back then. But he had a disease where his bones grew out of control. And they called him the elephant man because of the shape of his head. He would have to go out in public with a burlap sack over his face with one eye because the other eye, the bone had grown over. And he shuffled and he bumped. And one time, and they do show this in the movie, uh, boys are making fun of him and laughing at him and throwing things at him. And he's trying to get away. He can't, he can barely see out of one eye. And he bumps a little girl down. And then all the men are going, oh, look at that, what he did. And their mob is chasing him in the street. Does this sound familiar? They hound him, they get him, they trap him, they rip off the bag, and they're looking at him. And he calls out the best he can, I am not an animal. I am a human being. Job is crying out to his friends, can you at least try to see through my eyes? I'm a human. I'm a man. I'm just like you. Look at Job 12 and 5. Those who are at ease have contempt for misfortune as the fate of those whose feet are slipping. That is so terribly tragic and true. Far too often, we think of Marie Antoinette when they were, she was told that the people had no, bre uh, no bread and she goes, well, let them eat cake. She didn't mean like a seven-layer you know, gateau. She, uh, that, there was a different form of bread, kind of like a cornbread, but uh, even more dense that poor people could make. They called that cake. Doesn't matter. She was going, well, they could eat something else then. We often look down upon those who are having misfortune and don't actually empathize. Job is crying out in this section, 11 through 14, for somebody, for somebody's heart to resonate with his and see through his eyes. He calls for humility. And the only time in the book of Job that he invokes the name Yahweh for God, chapter 12, 7 through 10, ask the animals. They'll teach you. Or the birds in the sky, they'll tell you. Speak to the earth, it will teach you. Let the fish in the sea inform you. Which of all of these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? 
In his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. Almost a Romans 1. Would you just, would you just look about you and see this happens to things. God makes creation, but creation suffers. And then the next passage, please, and out of chapter 12. There we go. Does not the ear test words as the tongue tastes food? It would be a good idea to think about what we say before we say it. Think about what we tweet before we tweet it. Think about what we post before we post it. Um, let's be a little careful. Are we treating others as human beings who have the right to have their own feelings and their own takes on things? The Bible has more than 100 commands about communication, by the way, and a lot of them are don't. A lot of them are stay quiet. I think that's one of the main reasons why my job is the only job that comes with a warning label that God wrote. Let not many of you be teachers, for they shall receive the greater condemnation. That does not, I do not say that lightly. That wakes me up at nights. It does. We need to be careful. The face, think of the face. The face is not there for you to talk. It is an information intake machine. You have feeling, wind, pressure, heat, temperature. You have ears, bilateral. They're not exactly bilateral. Everybody's a bit different each side. You have two eyes, two ears, two nostrils, a vast network of, of sinuses. You've got the tongue to taste things. And maybe, sometimes, perhaps, you can communicate with the tongue. But God put, as Marshall Keeble famously said, a cage of teeth around it. Just to warn you, it's not safe. And Jesus' brother James said the same thing. We should listen. Uh, the Navajos say we have two ears, one mouth, because we should listen twice as much as we speak. I think they're being a bit generous with that. I think we should listen a lot more than we speak. Job 12. Uh, we're gonna, this is a whole concept of God. Now, we're going to go from 13 to 25. So this is going to be a big place. There are going to be several what moments for you if you pay attention here. But let's look at it. This is Job's view of the kind of God God is. His inner character. To God belong wisdom and power, counsel and understanding are his. They're his. They're not ours. What he tears down cannot be rebuilt. Those he imprisoned cannot be released. If he holds back the waters, there's drought. If he lets them loose, they devastate the land. To him belong strength and insight. Both deceived and deceiver are his. He leads rulers away stripped and makes fools of judges. He takes off the shackles and put on by kings and ties a loincloth around their waist. He leads priests away stripped and overthrows officials long established. He silences the lips of trusted advisors and takes away the discernment of elders. He pours contempt on nobles and disarms the mighty. He reveals the deep things of darkness and brings utter darkness into the light. He makes nations great and destroys them. He enlarges nations and disperses them. He deprives the leaders of the earth of their reason, of their reason. He makes them wander in a trackless waste. They grope in darkness with no light. He makes them stagger like drunkards. That is a perfect combination of faith and hopelessness combined. Because he didn't know Jesus. 
God hadn't come down yet that way. My heart breaks for Job and for our neighbors who don't know Jesus very well. They know churchianity, you know, and they know some of the rules, but they don't know our God. And so those who believe in God believe, yes, there's a God, but he's too distant, or he doesn't care, or they'll look at their life and they'll say, if there is a God, then why? And they lay it out there. Job is there. He sees a beautiful and terrifying king of the universe who doesn't really take our feelings into account and our needs into account, our dreams into an account. But then he starts chapter 13 the same way he chap uh, did chapter 12. I am a man. I am a human being. Have a look. My eyes have seen all this. My ears have heard and understood it. See? Information intake. What you know, I also know. I am not inferior to you. Isn't it sad that so many people have to say that to so many people? But it's human. But I desire to speak to the Almighty and argue my case with God. In 1968, the men of Memphis, the black men of Memphis, went on strike because they were being treated horribly. It started with the sanitation workers, the garbage workers. It, I, I could go into how they were treat, mistreated, but I'm just going to say it's history. Go look at it. And as they marched, look what their signs all said. I am a man. Some of you are old enough to remember whenever your parents, perhaps, or your grandparents would call black people boy, never treating them like a man. This is a part of our recent past. People are not going to get over it until we hear the story, understand it, and we quit saying get over it, and we deal with it. And again, this all becomes political because the devil makes it political, so we'll fight each other. Don't let it be political. Let it be human. I'll listen to your story even if I disagree with it. I'll listen to your story even if I, it makes me a little bit mad because I think you're all wrong. Because you are a person. You have a story. You have the right to say it. And I should not be a Bildad or a Zophar or a Liaphaz. Job then gives a warning we might need to keep in mind. Chapter 13, 7 and 8. Will you speak, by the way, this one really hurts my heart. Will you speak wickedly on God's behalf? Will you speak deceitfully for him? Will you show him partiality? Will you argue the case for God? We have spoken deceitfully for God. Whenever we create vast new laws and theological things and hoops people have to jump through that God didn't say, it's not in scripture. God tells us to love one another and love God and that fulfills all the law and the commandments except that you also, if you play a folk hymn on a guitar, God won't like you. If you don't take the communion right, God won't like you. If you didn't set up, yeah, and, if, and if you're baptized and a pinky was left out the water, oh, there you go, God gotcha. I grew up in that, did you? And some of us didn't grow up in my particular old tribe, but you grew up in other tribes, and all of our tribes do this. Catholics and Protestants and Jews and Muslims, we do this. We say, all of this, 
is from God when it's not from God. Jesus is from God. Love is from God. Fellowship, unity, sharing, kindness, the fruits of the Spirit, those are from God. But we speak deceitfully and say, this is what God wants. And that's tragic. Jesus says we'll be known by our love, one for another. And yet, please remember, I'm not trying to, to, to beat a political drum here. I'm talking about humans. We're known for our love one for another, but as recently as the late 60s, early 70s, in Church of Christ colleges, blacks were not welcome. And sometimes officially told they're not welcome. That's not that long ago. When the pain is still there. I'm, I'm proud that Lipscomb, under its current president, has actually gone to great lengths to apologize formally over these things. But there's, there's still a lot of wounds that need to be dressed up, cared for, people walked with. I don't know what that's all going to look like, but I do know that I'm supposed to listen. God turns, I'm sorry, Job turns to address God for the rest of chapter 13. There are amazing statements of faith. Look at 13, 15, for example. Though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. And again, this isn't a kind of a God that we think God is because we've met Jesus. But think about how much faith that took. Think of how much faith it took to sing spirituals when you were enslaved. Think of the faith that has brought us this far and how the devil is trying to turn us against each other so we go no further. And he's doing a good job. He's doing a good job. But we have to be able to see his machinations and say, no, we're not doing this. We're not playing this. And in chapter 14, we're not going to look at that in any detail today. Uh, read 15 and 16 for next week. But Job fully submits to God saying, whatever you want. And in fact, what he says has become a meme, a theme of, of poetry from, from Milton, from Shakespeare and others have used what Job says here. Mortals born of woman are a few days and full of trouble. They spring up like flowers and wither away like fleeting shadows. They do not endure. And again, if you know your Milton, if you know your Shakespeare, there are phrases already popping in your head and you realize now where they got it. It's from Job. Job whispers, he struggles, he hurts. He asks God to enter his story. And to be fair, he is trying to enter God's story too. He's saying, listen, this is a trade. I want to know from God's eyes what I did wrong. I want to know from God's eyes what, what all of this means. You know, David, uh, King David, certainly had an awful lot of evil in his life. He did an awful lot of evil. But whenever he talks to God sometimes he'll say search me see if there's any unclean thing within me does anybody here feel real comfortable saying that to God it's kind of like I already know some of this I'd rather more not be laid on the table if that's okay by God with you know God let's just keep that you know just between us for now it's it is a it's an awesome brave thing to go to God and say all right I'd like to see through your eyes I respect Job for that. In Jesus, we do get the answers that Job was looking for, but 
He had to seek in the dark, and for each of us, we also might have to seek in the dark. Would you bring your team back up, please? Well, while we have the Jesus story, there are things about us that need a little correction. And I say us. I'm in here. It's a, it's a, it's a plural, and I'm included. We need to take more time to listen and see and think and read and walk before we talk. Remember the two men from Emmaus? Jesus walked with them a long way before he said a word. And then he didn't say, are you stupid? He gently turned them. We need to be willing to listen and walk before we're going to turn anybody. And we might end up turning ourselves. And would that be such a bad thing? Would you stand, please? So, the application is simple. Enter the story of the person you meet. Be good to each other. Listen more than you speak. Enter the story. Their world's hard enough. Let's not make this harder than it has to be. Because our God didn't stay on top of the mountain. He came down. He showed us. So let's try the Jesus thing this time.